So uh, we've got some things to do after this service. So if you're wondering what's going to happen right here, right now, I'm, I just wrote down these notes here. We're going to go through some definitions. We're going to read some scriptures. We're going we're gonna to have a little talk with him. He's going to do something. And then somebody's going to get married. And God's going to get the glory. That's right. All right. First off, the definitions. Being thankful means something. Thanksgiving today. You may be seated. We'll do scripture here in just, just, just a moment. We're going to go through some, some a definition. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is adoration. If you guys are simple like me, I have to I go adoration, and then I have to go, how does that apply to my life? So sometimes I've got to get inside the dictionary, and I, I don't really have a problem doing that because I need to make things simple for myself. So adoration is the act of paying honor, showing that we consider God important or valuable and have a high opinion of him. Confession, acknowledgement, acknowledgement. How many times do I go throughout the day and not even acknowledge who God is? I have a, this plethora, this mind-boggling statistic of everything else that is going on in the world, and most of the time it's wrapped around YouTube, Facebook, CNN, maybe not Fox News, something else like that. I've got all of these things that are running through my mind. What's going on? What do I need for work? Who's got the tagline? Who's dragging the brush? Do we have anybody answering the phone? What's going on? We've got all these other things. Do I, do I even acknowledge who God is? And then I have to go, well, who am I? Well, I'm nobody. I'm, I'm, I'm nobody. If anybody knew the old guy, you'd know that I am, I'm nobody. All right? I'm a wretch. I'm lost. I'm without Jesus. Right? Here's why I had to definitely use the, de the, 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 the dictionary. Liturgical worship. Now, remember, we're talking about the definition of Thanksgiving here. Liturgical worship. Does anybody know what liturgical means that hasn't been to college? Yeah, I, don't, I, I did not know what that meant, so I had to look it up. So, but it's formal or public worship. It's formal or public worship. Public. So if I'm doing something that I'm not supposed to be doing, I'll get written a ticket for it. And, and it might be otherwise okay for me to do that if I'm in the confines of my own home. Something as simple as maybe going to the bathroom. But if I do that out in public, guess what? I can catch a ticket for it. I can catch a case for it. You know what I mean? That's just a fact, right? Okay. So the deal is this. Have I ever worshipped God out in public? I mean, I will get on Facebook. Well, no. I might see somebody on Facebook that will just get out there and put everything out there in the public. They just put it all out there. Isn't that crazy? I see a lot of these. God's good. He's great. This, that. And then I see those other public petitions the next day, or I might even scroll by the next thing, and I see that right after that. And I'm like, well, that's strange, but that's all right. Now, here is the word of God. It's going to be Psalms 95, verses 1 through 3. I'll let you have a little bit of time to get that. I don't know if you, you, don't, have, you don't have to get it at all. It's right here. It says, Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving. Let's come before him with adoration, confession, and, and liturgical liturgical worship that's how we come to him we're coming to him like that we make a joyful noise unto him with songs for the lord he is a great god and a great king above all the gods above all the what above all the gods you mean to tell me that besides the lord jesus christ the king of kings the lord of lords there's another or more or other plural gods believe it or not there are 
Psalms chapter 100, verse 4 says, We enter into his gates with thanksgiving. All of that little list of things that I said is how we enter into the gates of God and into his courts with praise. That follows. Every time we have thanksgiving, automatically what follows, you'll find, will be praise. And be thankful unto him and bless his name because being thankful, being thankful means something. The rest of Psalms 100, the psalm of praise says, make a joyful noise, loud. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that he is Lord. He is God. And that he is not made of us and not of ourselves. We are his people and we are the sheep of his pasture. Being thankful means something. It shows God Almighty that we know what he's done for us and that we're willing to go on to the next step. Being thanksgiving, praising him. What does praise mean? And this is according to, to what the Bible says praise means. This isn't, this isn't the Webster's Dictionary. If you look at that, it might be a whole different thing, and you might see pictures of some things that you might not want to see. But here's what it says. It says to shine, to make a show. I don't know what she's doing all up in the up in the all up in the front of the church doing that. What she putting on some kind of a big show? Here we go to boast. Here go some more of those words that I really didn't know the definition to. But it says to to be clamorously foolish. Anybody else know what clamorous clamorously means? Did not know. Noisily or foolishly insistent. We talked about our kids. Dad, can I have this? My son, before he is finished saying, I don't know how he does this. This has got to be a talent that only like two through seven-year-olds have the ability to do. But before he is finished asking the first thing, it's already coming out of his mouth the second thing. And he'll repeat that. I mean, and he runs it. It's like, he just keeps doing it. Okay, to praise out loud, right, to act. And here's the one that gets everybody crazy because, you know, if you've been to an apostolic service, it happens. It says to act like a mad man. If anybody paid attention to the Acts chapter 2 in the second chapter, when they got filled with the Holy Ghost, there were people that said, look, these people look drunk. These people look like they're mad. It's this time of the day, and they shouldn't be acting like that. They should be drunk. And they said, well, hold up. These guys, we'll, we'll go there later, all right? Jesus said that we're the light of the world, right? He said he told us to let our light so shine before men that they might see our good works and glorify him. He's the one that's in heaven. I tell you what, if I get into the house of the Lord, the one who gave everything for me, that's right, the guy that all the stuff that I used to do, I don't even have to say it because it doesn't apply to me anymore than that, right? I want to let everybody know who my husband is. That's right. I'm not talking about the crazy stuff that you see on TV, men with men, women with women. I'm talking about not social media. I'm talking about Pushing through to God, the husband that gave me the strength to make it through, right? I knew this was going to happen. Here we go. If, if, if they can stand, here we go. Here's what he says. I'm talking about lifting up the mighty name of Jesus. Lifting him up, praising him. At the same time, I'm acting like a madman. Does that make sense? Just letting it go, giving him everything that I've got to make a good show. Who have I got to, when I go up, hey, Listen, when we go to the Chiefs game, and I ain't got nothing wrong with the Chiefs, but when we go there, listen, those guys are, they are going for it, man. They are going for it. They are going for it. Oh, 
Uh, they go for it. They go for it. But why can't I act like that? When I get to church, why can't I just go, you know what? It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. I got problems. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give it all I got. I'm going to show him that I love him. I'm going to give him everything that I got because he's worth it, because he loves me. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give him everything. You know what? Because being thankful means something. That's right. Amen. I'm thankful. We talked about me being thankful that I have a wife and that she loves me. Having a wife, they say, is a good thing. My children, many are saved, but many are coming to know the truth. Many are going through all these temptations and trials, but many of the decisions that they make, although they might not be the best, are the ones that they need to make to get closer to God. And I see God working in their lives. I see him working in their lives. Being thankful means something. Who was Peter? Anybody know in the Bible who Peter was? He was a fisherman. He was a fisherman. He was a violent man. He was a man that when they came to take Jesus away, they had cut off his ear. He was faithless. He's the guy that, this is crazy to me. This is how we are as human beings. We will witness the miracle of God, one-on-one with God, no doubt know that it's him, Look him in the face when he does it for us and lose faith in the middle of it. And that's what he did. When he walked on water, he probably just moved his eyes just a moment and lost track of who was keeping him up on that water and he fell down in there. So he lost his faith, but he was without faith. He was blasphemous. You know, some kind of crazy words probably flew out the side of his mouth when they said, you know, hey, look, you were with Jesus. He said, no, it wasn't me. I'm with you with Jesus. Who knows what he said after that, but we know it wasn't a good word. Those weren't good words. He questioned authority. Now, he didn't just question, like, anybody's authority. He was a guy that bucked the system anyway. We know that just by the slicing of the ear. But you know who he, who, who, who he downright displayed um, anti-authoritarianism? Is that the right word? I don't even know if that's right. It didn't make a difference. We'll pretend like it is a word, all right? He says, get over here, son. I need to wash your feet. He said, my feet? You ain't, you ain't touching my feet. You ain't, you ain't doing that. He did that to God right there in front of us. He did that. That's Peter. He was a denier. You know him? Don't know him. This is after God had told him, look, you're going to deny this guy. You're going to deny me. He said, come on, I'm following you. I'll I'll go up here all the way. We'll roll. I'll ride and die. Mm -mm, Couldn't do it. Acts chapter 3, starting in verse 1, it says, Now Peter and John went up together in the temple hour, at the hour of prayer being about the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate called Beautiful, to ask of alms of them that entered into the table, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked of alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately Immediately, immediately, he said that now thing. Immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple gate, walking and leaping and praising God. Now all the people saw him walking and praising God. Verse 10 says this, and they knew. They knew. They knew that it was he which had set for arms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. They saw this guy. Every day, somebody plopped him right there, and they're at that gate. 
He had to depend on somebody. I think we talked about this before. Maybe, maybe we didn't. I know it's running through my head a million times. I started thinking about all the things that he had to be dependent upon other people for. Everything. Everything. And then, I mean, you, you know, there are only a few times in life that you have privacy, and those are usually when you have to go get cleaned up or when you have to go use the restroom. He didn't have that. He didn't have that. Can you imagine if the weather had changed or, you know, uh, it was hot or really hot out or it was really cold out or whatever the situation is? I mean, you weren't going, probably going in the house, so you probably needed someone to help you out and take you out there. Can you maybe, hey, I know it's like 2 o'clock in the morning, but can I get a little help here? And, and you, can you imagine looking at the guy, the disgust that they have? They're like, dude. And, and he's like, what do I do? They saw him at the gate every day like that. They knew he was like that. They knew he depended on everybody all the time. And they were in wonder and amaze. Verse 6, then Peter said, silver and gold, have I none such as I have, give I thee. What did Peter have? He didn't have silver. He didn't have gold. What did he have? Well, we know he had faith. He had been faithless. Remember, he was a violent man. He was a faithless man. He was a blasphemous man. He questioned Christ's authority, and he denied he denied Christ. But I can, I can tell you what. I don't know what it feels like to, to, to go to a football game. and I don't know what it feels like to have a jersey on and, and be ready to cheer on my, my number one team in the playoffs or, or what it's like to, to be at a Super Bowl game. I just don't know. I don't know. I know what it was like the day I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I know what it was like the day I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And I'll tell you what, when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, the day that I got filled with the Holy Ghost, I said, you know, I know all these things I'm doing. I know all these things that are wrong, but I like to do them. And I know I ain't got power over them, so here's a couple things that are going on. I either don't ha have this Holy Ghost, or I don't have any power. I'm just hopeless, and you're never going to be able to save me. And I wanted to give up so bad. And I asked him, I said, when I tell you I love you, do you even, do you even hear me? Are you, even, are you even there? The day he filled me with the Holy Ghost, when I closed my mind, when it came out, when the Holy Ghost came out, he said, I love you, son. He said, I've been here all the time. Hey, listen, at that moment, God put my, I put God's jersey on. You know, and at that moment, I got clothed with the power of the Holy Ghost. At that moment, when I entered into his temple gates, I had thanksgiving in my heart because he gave me power. He gave me power. He gave Peter power over being faithless. He gave power over being a violent man and slicing people's ears off. That guy was running around fishing naked. And God gave him probably power over that because Jesus said he'd make him a fisher of men. And it's hard to fish men when you ain't got no clothes on. But he took away all that. So I imagine when Peter, hey, listen, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What fell out of Peter's mouth, what he had was thanksgiving. He had thanksgiving. The best thing that he had was a thankful heart. And out of the abundance of his heart, his mouth spoke. He snatched him up because he knew. He knew. He knew it. Mine's going to get a lot there. That's right. Being thankful means something. You ever question the benefit of being thankful? Now, I wish we had an opportunity to ask the lame guy that sat at the gate called Beautiful. 
because his benefit from Peter's thankfulness was he got, he got to get up and walk and go praise God in the temple himself. A miracle can happen today. A miracle can happen in this place. You know, there's a movie, or I th I'm sure there is. It's a black and white movie. It's like Miracle on 137th Street or something like that, well, 38th Street. 30s. I thought about that. I thought about, you know, today, right here today, we can be thankful in our hearts, and we could have a miracle on 399th Street. I'd always wondered what a miracle was. The miracle can happen. The miracle was me. The day that the drug dealer, that the violent guy, that the guy that did all of that time was filled with the Holy Ghost, that was a miracle. I was a miracle. Hey, I was a, I was a miracle. I was a miracle. So when I come into his gates, I got thanksgiving in my heart. So I would encourage everyone today, Lord, if we could just be thankful in our hearts. If we could just let a miracle happen today, Lord. If we could just, just a miracle can happen, a miracle can happen. Lord, I believe right now if we fastened our minds on him, if we just gave heed to him, and we expected to receive something out of a pureness and a thankfulness of heart, if we just acknowledge our wretchedness and our loss without him, if we just step out in faith today, right now, and worship him because he's worthy. If you do these things, before you know it, you're going to come con in contact with people and people, they're going to be filled with wonder and amazement because they're going to know the type of person that you were before you got there with his spirit. They're going to notice that you're thankful. They're going to notice out of the, uh, the abundance of your heart, all you talk about is Jesus. Hallelujah. They're going to know when you walk into the service and you lift your hands up and you praise him and you give him worship and you glory and you love him. Oh, God. They're going to see it. And guess who else is going to witness the miracle? Who else is going to become a miracle? They will. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Peter also, in the 16th chapter of Matthew, He's this guy. It says, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say I am? He asked the people that were rolling with him. He said, who's everybody else saying I am? What's going on out there? Well, of course, he knew. But he said, and they said, some say that there are John the Baptist, others Elias, others Jeremiah, so one of the prophets. And he said unto him, but who do you guys say I am? You guys are with me. Who do you say? Who do you, who do you say? And Simon Peter, Simon. Simon, the angel, violent, nasty, filthy, blasphemous guy. He says, I said that you're the Christ, that you're the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, he said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not shown you this, but by my Father which is in heaven. Then he said, I, I say unto thee that thou art a rock. Peter, you're a rock. And he gave to Peter the keys to the kingdom of heaven later told Peter to strengthen the brethren after he had been converted. In the second chapter of Acts, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And that solidified their con con conversion. They had been born again of the water and of the Spirit at that time. And as soon as he had been filled with the Holy Ghost, the first things out of his mouth was what it took to be saved. When they asked him, what was it, or rather when they made fun of the people that were drunk and jumping around out of a thankfulness of heart, he said, hey, stop. These people aren't drunk. I know you think they are, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. He said, in the last days, I'll pour my spirit upon 
all flesh. Now, the Bible says when they were pricked in their heart, they asked him, what do we do? What do they tell him? What does they know? We know. Maybe. He told them to repent. That, hey, it goes all the way back to what we have, where we started from. Repent. Turn from the things that you know are wrong. There's a lot of things, I'll be honest with you, when I got filled with the Holy Ghost that I didn't even know were wrong. Nobody stood behind me with a checklist, Pastor, and said, you know what? You're doing this. That's wrong. You're doing this. That's wrong. Nobody did. But you know what? When I started to do those things, I felt something was wrong. And, I, and, and there were times that I tried to push it away. And that feeling would come back again. And it would always be followed by a brother or sister that would be kind of near to me at some time after that. And I would share that experience. And they wouldn't say, well, right there, that's wrong. They would go, well, what do you think that is? Maybe you can pray about that. And I did. And, and every time that I was honest with myself, I'd be at the, at the altar thanking him for all the other stuff. I got my Jesus jersey on. You know what I mean? I got that Holy Ghost on. I got that thankfulness on my heart. And I got this faith, right, that says that God can change me. And I got an openness of heart. I'm thankful, God. I don't know. I need something. My little boy came to me one day when I was trying to play my other son, too. And he knew that I had a sin in my life. A little boy, a seven-year-old boy, knew I had sin in my life. And he came over and said, Dad, aren't you ready to get rid of that? He laid his hands on me, and we prayed through together. And God took that from me. Right? Not because of my son. Because of faith and because of thankfulness. That's what it was. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. You know, Thanksgiving is more than just an action. It needs to be a lifestyle. Um, in fact, the scripture tells us that it is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you that you live a thankful life. So 